love, kindness, human connection. These are some of the things we talk about on the Danny Painter Show. It's a thing. This show is intended for a more mature audience. We might sometimes say bad words. What does it mean to be a dad? Imagine fostering 14 kids and then starting a plug. His name is Afro Daddy and we're talking all about dad. Yeah, but otherwise it's, it's going well. And, and your side? Good, good. Chaos is normal in my house. You know, you have kids. <laughs> I have six dogs. Same thing. Ooh, man, uh, I, I, think, uh, I think the kids are easier because at least the kids can get themselves dressed now. Whereas, and go to school. You get space. And, and they're away for like, for like three hours. I least, said to Phil last night, I was like, I need a holiday away from my dog. Like I need, I need space. I need, <laughs> I need to be able to like lie in a bed that it's mine and only mine and the blanket is mine and only mine. Yeah. Yeah. And you can go to the fridge and not have eyes or around the bathroom. You. <laughs> like guys, space. I need, I need space. Terrence. Yeah. There is a point at around, I think about two or three years old where kids start to become less of a pain than dogs. So, mm. so before dogs are definitely easier than kids, but, but after like three, Okay, they're they're less less of a hassle. Yeah, you see, I should have done the kids thing earlier. <laughs> I should have done it. We'd be out of the woods now. Well, you know, there's there's no time like the present to get started. So. Although, although I have been married for 14 years, so I feel like we're entering the shit phase. We would be entering the shit phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, you'd be in the. Yeah, and that's the problem with 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 parenting, right? Is that um, every time I talk to an older parent, they're always like, "Oh, you think it's bad now." It's getting so much worse. I'm like, don't tell me that. Tell me, tell me it's fine. Don't like, stop giving me bad news. (laughs) (laughs) um, And I I do think older parents forget how tough young kids are. Like, I think it's very easy to forget how tough those first, like, especially 18 months are where they're completely, they're like amoebas and they are hundred percent dependent on you. (laughs) But that's, that's the reason that you're here. So we don't have an intro. Mm. We just. Okay. So we've just okay, started. cool. Um, we'll just oh, we're starting. Okay, we've started. Cool. It's here. Yeah, it. welcome to the show, Terrence. <laughs> Thank Major, you, Afro Daddy. Obviously, if you're watching the video, you can see why. If you're not watching the video, go look on his Instagram. You'll get it. You, you, and I, we, we've we've spoken before, and I thoroughly mm. enjoyed our conversation. And then you had a rant, and then I was like, I have to get you back. <laughs> rant I have, I have, I have, I often have rants, and and sometimes I put a video. I put a camera on while I'm doing the rant. So uh, you just happen to see one of my <laughs> recorded rants. I love it. I'm here for it. I mean, if it, in our, of our generation, if it does, if it's not on the internet, it didn't happen. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So Terrence mentor is Afro daddy and Afro daddy is started as a blog, right? For dads. By yeah. It, it, it originally started as a YouTube channel because in my mind, uh, making videos and talking to a camera was far easier than just writing a blog. Mm. Um, I was very wrong. <laughs> Video content is so hard. Oh, that was such a big mistake. Um, but also no one was really making videos back then, especially around the parenting space. So there were, you know, a billion mommy blogs. And I just thought, well, other than just being one of the few dads who are doing this, 
uh, how else can I kind of stand out? And I thought, okay, cool. Let's, let's try, let's try this vlogging thing. Tell us a little bit about you. For those of us who don't know, you're obviously a dad, you're a husband. I mean, how do you not know who I am? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Cape Town boy through and through. I'm, I'm married to Julie. We're now entering our, we're now in our 12th year of marriage. So we've been married for 12 years. Wow. Uh, we have um, two boys, Liam, who's seven. Our first son, who we adopted. Our second son, a biological child, Eli, is now five. So we have two boys, 18 months apart, mm. which which was as exhausting as it sounds, but now it's getting to a point where they, you know, especially in lockdown, feeling quite fortunate because we, we have these two kids who can play with each other and they kind of have a friend around the whole time. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of my life. I, I'm a digital marketer um, to earn money and I'm a, I'm a father by, by like full-time profession. So I really do try to emphasize the fatherhood aspect of my identity. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a digital marketer or a YouTuber first who happens to be a dad. I'm a, I'm a dad who happens to be these other things. I first interviewed Terrence for my radio show. It was for uh, through beautifulnews.com. And we were talking about, yeah, I got his bio, obviously, and I read through his bio and it said full-time dad. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. So you're like a stay-at-home dad. And he was like, no, 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 no. I just mean that I'm a dad. <laughs> and it's, it just it clicked something in my brain that I'd never thought of. Dads are also dads, like yeah, like moms yeah. are moms first. Yeah, you I mean we are... do that, right? With yeah, yeah, we do that with moms. We 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 ask moms who are working, like, where are your kids right now? Who who's looking after your kids? Do you we don't juggle? really ask that. Yeah. How do you juggle it all? Yeah. And we don't ask that for dads, and and often that's because we have such low expectations <laughs> of fathers. Um, you know, that's I, I don't necessarily think that's everyone else's fault. I, I think fathers and men in general have a lot to um to to take responsibility for in 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 the way we think about fathers and the way we talk about fatherhood um but i'm trying to be part of a group of men who are redefining that by saying hey no ask me how i do the juggle ask me you know where my kids are ask me all the things you would expect of a parent who identifies very strongly as a parent um, and does everything else to kind of support that Mm. Terrence, did you always know that you wanted to be a dad? Was it just something you knew? No. Um, I, if you had asked me this question when I was 20 or, or before that, I would probably have said no. Um, I think I like the idea of, of, <laughs> of not being a parent, of, of having the, the freedom, quote unquote, freedom that comes with that. But then, you know, sometimes you fall in love with someone who feels very strongly about something that you don't feel very strongly about, which is in my case, my wife, Julie, always wanted to be a parent, always wanted to be a mom. And I, and I knew that if I wanted to have a, a long life with her, this would be something that I, I would have to get on board with. So at first it started as a, you know, I'm not opposed to it. And then, and then it kind of evolved into a, world. this is really great. I love this part of my life. So it was one of those things that that was a, a happy, something that I happily stumbled into. So you stumbled in, but also in that beautiful news uh, piece that I read, you also fostered 14 kids before you had your own kids. I want to know firstly, why? Like, <laughs> like I know the why and it's great yeah. and you're an amazing human being, but also why? <laughs> well, well, I mean, look, my, that, that was really my wife's passion. It was really Julie's something that she felt very strongly about. And I, we agreed that I would be 
her support in that. I, I, I acknowledge that this was a valuable thing to do. Look, it wouldn't be something that I would have wanted to do if I was just by myself. I wouldn't be like, yes, I want to care for all of these children. It was really honestly Julie's passion. And we had the capacity to, to care for these little babies over a span of, of three years. And it was, a, it was an incredibly valuable experience for us. Um, it was very difficult. It was emotionally draining. It was, you know, all the things that you would think of. Um, it, it was all of those things, but it was still incredibly worthwhile um, for us to do. And yeah, I, 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 I always, I always feel a bit weird about people saying like, what you like, Oh, you've, you're so incredible for doing this. I'm like, yeah, I, I was really more an enabler for the incredible person who's my wife. And, mm. and she would hate, she would, I mean, if she's going to listen to this, she's going to hate that I said that, but, but that's kind of, in, in that whole project, for lack of a better word, I was really the the support role, and she was the lead. And and look, there there, there is a real need for for people who are willing to come in and provide safety and care and love and support for these children who don't have their forever home just yet. Um, there's a real gap, and you know we. At the time, we weren't doing it because just because we love babies. Uh, my wife does love babies, so that was part of it. But a big part of it was we wanted to support the the birth parents, and you know we wanted the birth parents to know that if they are placing their children up for adoption, that there is going to be their children will be cared for throughout the whole process. So we wanted we wanted to give support in that way. We wanted to give support to the prospective adoptive parents to let them know that actually before your child came to you permanently your child was cared for and loved and yes photos of your child as a baby and all these things that you probably feel like you missed out on we can provide support there so we kind of felt that we were coming in as a as a bit of a middleman to to really support all of the the players and of course provide real honest care for the child as well so the there's there's a thing in the in adoption circles called the adoption triad there's the child at the top and then there's the biological parents and the adoptive parents and we kind of felt that we kind of fit in the middle to support all three people in that triad dude that is such a big responsibility like there is so much responsibility and you did this 14 times how okay i've got to ask you this how many kids was the most that you had at once in your house so this is a while ago now. This is this is before we adopted Liam. So this is seven over seven years ago. So my brain is aging. It's mm. aging, Danny. <laughs> uh, as far as I remember, I think the most we had was we never had more than one. Okay. Um, so so we weren't a, a safety care house. We were just someone who we were just a couple who was opening their home for one child who needed it at that point. Mm. Um, I sat under correction. I think there may have been a, a few a few periods of of crossover, but never for more than a few days. Okay. Um, so we would care for these kids for from literally a few days to months, like three to four months at, Dude, at a time. How do you take a baby, love it, care for it? make its life amazing and then hand it over to people you don't know. Does your heart not break every time? Yeah, it really does. I mean, yeah. I wish I could tell people that like, no, it was fine. It like the, 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 the feeling of it was, you know, there was always felt better than it felt worse. It, it felt really terrible. <laughs> it was really, it was really painful. And, 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 and there were times where I would tell Julie, listen, I, I need a break. I, you know, we would, we would, a, a child would move on to, to their next, to the next phase. And, and after I'd be like, I, I just do not say yes. When the social calls again, just, Give me a few months to recover from this because you you do like the the whole point is that you have to give your heart and soul over to this child. 
otherwise you're you're not providing anything better than a a big a big home with multiple kids you know you're just providing food and shelter but yeah. you have to give over you know you have to open up your heart to these children so so yeah it was very very hard <laughs> and um it's not something that i think i'm right now ready to do again like i i I wouldn't be willing to do it again for a while. Mm. Plus the fact that I have two young, <laughs> two young kids as it is, but, but emotionally, I don't think I'm, I'm quite ready to take on that, uh, to, to be in that space where you're vulnerable and you're vulnerable knowing that you're going to get hurt. You're going into space yeah. and you're like, this is going to suck at some point and you're willfully walking yourself in there. I mean, it was one of those things where, um, Julie kind of said to me like, look, just because it hurts and just because it's difficult doesn't mean it's not worth doing. I'm like, mm. okay, well, stop being so, stop being so wise. Stop, yeah. stop being so, stop it. Like, it's not fair. And just let me be irrational for a bit. Uh, so, so that's, but that was the thinking. It was like, look, we, we're, we're in this together. We're, we're, we're supporting each other. And again, it, it is helpful to be in a supportive relationship where, you know, when one of you is feeling a bit weak and, and weepy and, and sad and down, the other one can kind of pick up the pieces and, and vice versa. Or you're just kind of breaking down together. And that's also kind of, good to, 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 to not be alone in that space. But yeah, it, it was, it was very, very hard. So then you adopt yeah. and then baby is staying with you forever. There is yeah. no off day. There is no in a couple of months. It's now forever. Talk mm-hmm. me through this and this like emotion, because this must also be emotional because you're like, you're so used to going, I love you for the, for now. And yes. then yes. Bye. it's a finite period. Yeah. yeah bye. Yeah. 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 I um so so we we didn't do this process. Like I said, we, we didn't start this process because we wanted to adopt eventually. We we were always like we're not if we, we when we do adopt, when we do adopt, we're gonna do it as a separate process, we're gonna go through the proper channels. Um, but then this baby arrived and and we independently kind of just both were like, This is this feels like my son, this feels this, the connection I have with this child is different from the others. Um, and we kind of kept that very secret from each other because we had this agreement that we wouldn't even suggest like the adoption word would not come up in, in, in for one of these babies. But um, eventually we, uh, we kind of revealed to each other that we both felt like this through a, a, a series of processes. We went to our social workers and, and spoke to them about how we were feeling. And after that first meeting, when the social worker said to us, look, we, we really do think that you are a good fit for this child. And we do think that you should apply to adopt him. And we think it'll, we think it'll go through smoothly. Um, that was very exciting. We were crying and snot and trana and all, and all the things, but then driving home from that meeting, I have my wife in the back seat. I have my son in the back seat in his, in his car seat. Well, my son to be in his car seat. And I, I have this insane panic attack, literally driving down the N1 thinking, oh, exactly what you're saying. Like, this is it. Like, I am going to be a dad and, and there's no take backs and all of my crap, uh, sorry, all of my stuff, oh, no, all of my swear. issues. Okay, cool. You'll just beep it out when necessary. Um, all, all of my bullshit is going to negatively affect this kid. Like everything that I that I that is wrong with me in my life is going to happen. Like I'm going to like this child will be a successful human being based on what how I interact with him, like what I can give him and like emotionally and 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 physically and everything is based on me. And that kind of fell on me like a ton of bricks. I'm not going to lie. Like it really did feel, okay, this is, 
this is huge. This is a human being's entire life that I'm now responsible for. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we got home and I picked him up and he kind of gurgled into my, into my um, neck. And I'm like, oh no, I can do this. This is, this is going to be fine. Like this is a relationship. And, and I mean, it, it does sound weird to compare to a romantic relationship, but there is that kind of parallel where you're yeah. going, I am, I am willfully making myself responsible to another person. Yeah. And, and this person's feelings and this person's life will be, I'm willing to let myself be affected by him and, and him be affected by me. Uh, I don't fully understand why this particular person, but Hey, here we are. Um, and and then you make that commitment and, um, and sometimes it's like, what am I doing? And then your, your child gives you a big hug and you're like, Oh, right. Okay. This is, this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, this is, this is my person kind of thing. So that is the, one of the most beautiful adoption stories I've heard, dude. Like that's really special. And I really hope that like when you tell him, you tell it exactly like that because I was sitting here <laughs> getting a bit teary and also, um, and I didn't want to be problematic, but I was also going, that sounds so romantic. Like in a non weird way. Like it's oh, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's love, right? Like that's, yeah. that's what I'm, that's what I'm feeling. Like it's, it's the love that goes, I'm committed to you and, and I'm willing to, to put it down on a legal document, I'm willing to stand in front of a judge and say, like, this child is is my is my child. Like yeah. that's and that's what the the one of the things is when you eventually do get that that legal document that says you are officially, you know, uh, the father to this child, it says this child is yours as if he or she was born to you, which is like, okay, so there's no difference between it, it, the legally, this child is not has has all the legal rights of a biological child. Yes. It's legally the law looks at you as if this child has your exact DNA. And which I was like that's great. I love that. I love that feeling of like no there's no difference. Eli and especially since at that time Eli was already on the way <laughs> which was not planned but he was he was on his he was on the way regardless of what we wanted. Um, it was like okay great. You know, I can tell both my both my boys you are my son. You are my son, and you are my son. The, the the way you became my son might be different, but but at least legally, you both have the equal rights to to me as your father, which which is kind of great. It is. I you know like I look at your family through your Instagram, and I know that like Instagram is the the, the good reel, right? It's it's the, the highlights. But yeah, um, yeah. I look at your family, and I'm I just it's beautiful, and you guys seem you seem together and happy and like you've got your shit sorted i know that sometimes you don't but it just seems like it it works well we've we've always from the very beginning um before they could talk we had this concept of like team mentor like team us like the four of us when the four of us are together we're fine and we're safe and like um especially as they're growing up and as they you know eventually become teenagers and older i always wanted to know that that this is their safe space. The four of us, you know, and well, you know, potentially bigger. I'm not. I'm not putting a limit to that. But right now, the four of us mm. is your safe space. Even when we're disagreeing, even when Dad's upset with you because you weren't listening or whatever, this is where we're safe. This is where we're a team. This is where you get all of your support. This is your foundation. Um, and and I, I also I look through. I mean, I often look through my own Instagram account. I look through the, the other photos of my phone. I'm like, no, we we are a team. Like we all have you know, uh, we have our backs, we care for each other. We were worried about each other. And, um, 
and I'm starting to see that build in the in my son's relationship to each other. Like you know, they they fight like brothers, but there's also a a real deep concern and and care for each other as well. So so we do really try to like promote that idea that we right here, this is us, this is our group, these are your people, and um, and no matter what, no matter if you're scared, if you if you're if you've done something wrong, if you're worried about something, if something's not right, if something doesn't feel right, this is the place where you come to to get safety to get advice to get support no matter what that might look like you know um i want to say when we're 18 and we're doing the things we shouldn't be doing this this foundation is where that like this is what you're working towards right because I, I know from my brother, um, when he was arrested for the first time, he got the cops to phone me because he was so afraid to phone my mom. And you don't want that as a parent because she found out years later and she was actually not upset that he got arrested, but upset that he didn't feel safe enough at that point to call her. And she said, yeah, Dil, you would have gotten in shit, but I would have come and got you immediately. Yeah, And I would yeah. have taken the necessary steps to to sort it out and help you and be that safe space while I'm throwing my shoe at you kind of thing. Yes. Um, yes. And, and it's a weird balance, right? Because yeah. you don't want your kid to think that you are okay with all of their nonsense. Like yeah. there, there has to be levels of discipline and they have to understand that, no, you know, if you like you, yes, you told me the truth that you put paint on the wall, but I'm still going to make you clean it up. Like yeah. it's not, it's not a, it's, you, you don't live a consequence free life. Yeah. And and I do struggle with that because that's the exact con- like that is the exact story that I that freaks me out. Like, if my boys sneak out one day to go to a party that they're not supposed to, and something really bad goes down to that party and they're yeah. scared, yeah, I should be the person that they call first. Hundred percent. They and they need to be able to call me this and go, look, Dad, I know I was supposed, wasn't supposed to come here, but I'm feeling really scared. Please, can you pick me up? Yeah. And they must know that if I'll, I'll pick them up, there'll be consequences. But 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 exactly what your mom's saying, like you will be safe. Yes. And, and calling me is always the better choice than not calling me. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I'm really trying to develop. And a big part of that now when, when, they're, when they're this young is when they do tell me the truth, I, I'm really encouraging them to tell me like when they've done something they're not supposed to. I, I, it's sometimes hard because I, I am a fallible human being, but I, um, I really try hard to not completely flip out and freak out. You know, sometimes it's more like, well, I really appreciate the fact they told me the truth. And because you told me the truth, you know, I was going to make you do X, but now we're going to reduce the punishment because yeah. you, you admitted your, your fault or whatever. But, but that's really just to encourage them to, to know that telling me the truth is always better. Dude, it is like, I don't think like, okay. So a little bit of backstory. I have two dads. I have a biological dad that ditched, no offense to him, love him, wish him well in his way. And then I have a stepdad that like stepped up when he ditched. But I remember, and this is one of the only positive like super positive supportive memories that i have of my real dad the first time i ever smoked weed i panicked i was young never done it before felt funny thought i was gonna die like, like the, par- the paranoia hits paranoia you. like hard and it was like yep. in the park by the tree with like all the dodgy friends and i remember coming home and my dad was working from home at that point and i went up to him and i said to him pierre I really need you to not be angry with me right now, but I really do need your help. I, I think I'm high. And then he 
took control and water and calm and good. Mm. And the next day he sat me down and he said, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying, learn about it first. Talk to me about it first. Let's see all of the things that could go wrong if you're experimenting with whatever it is that you're experimenting so that we can mitigate any bad things that could happen. You know, you don't want your daughter or your son even to be losing control and losing their mind at a party where no one else cares, right? And I just remember that conversation and feeling so supported, even though I'd done something very wrong, you know? And like, I was terrified. I was yeah. sitting at that kitchen table. I was like, I'm, I'm going to yeah. And, and that's the thing, right? Like my job as a dad isn't to discipline my kids. It, it is, it is partly that, but it's, it's to train them to be ready for the world, right? Like uh, I keep saying the two things like of parenting is you, you, you're training your, you're preparing your kids for the world and you're preparing the world for your kids. So I mean, those are two very separate things, but, but the, the whole point of discipline is to get your kids ready to like survive and cope in this world. Yeah. So if you're flipping out and freaking out and you're not teaching them anything, um, you, you're really just doing it for yourself. Like, and that's what I've, I've had to also come to terms with. It's like, Oh, wait a second. I'm not being angry because I'm, I'm trying to in, in, in train them or teach them something. I'm being angry because I'm being disrespected as a man and as the father. And I'm like, okay, well, am I trying to teach them respect or am I trying to feed my own ego? Yeah. Um, and, and more, more often than I'd like to admit, it's really that second one. I'm trying to like feed my ego. How dare you? How dare you talk to me in this way? not this is not the way you speak to someone who is older than you this is not the way you speak to someone who's made you food or, or this is not the way you respect someone who obviously loves you yeah you know those are two different things and i and oh. i more often than not i get this wrong <laughs> and i wish yeah, I, was, I was better at that at least you're trying you know what i'm saying like you're you're actively yeah. doing the work to be a great dad so before we get into like you and aphrodite and your rants and everything um <laughs> did you have a good dad like are you modeling this on your dad um i think the thing that i'm modeling from my dad is improvement so i never thought my dad was great until i found out about how bad his dad was so his dad was an abusive alcoholic who really had ptsd from world war ii like severe ptsd that was never you know the, there was no therapy in the 50s and 60s so so his dad came back from the war and basically became alcoholic and abused his mother and abused my dad's sisters, and my, abused my dad, right? So my dad vowed to never be like that. He still had, in, in all honesty, he still had anger issues, still had frustration issues. He, he struggled with misogyny and sexism and, you know, the man's place and gender roles and, and that kind of stuff. But he, he made a concerted effort to be an improvement over his father. And, and so I'm taking that for my dad where it's like, okay, you've, you've started the ball rolling, the, the ball of improvement you started. I'm going to take that ball and um, I'd like that my dad's passed on now, but I'd like to think that if I was only as good as he was as a father, he'd be disappointed. He would be like, no, I gave you a foundation to be the better man and a better father than I was. What are you doing? Just living up to my, like, he had to work hard to get to that spot. Now I have to work hard to to move above his and the same is the same is true for my sons if if my sons are only as good a person as i am that would be like i'm like what why are you wasting your life like don't be as good as me you you have everything you need to be far far better in whatever that looks like for them but um yeah so so i, I really am trying to model that like that that idea of 
of you don't have to repeat the mistakes of of your past or at least of your of your parents and it is hard because there's so much training that happens i i was saying the other day i can sometimes feel it feels like my dad is possessing me <laughs> and i can feel his words come out of my mouth and i can <laughs> hear him speaking through me and i, I i'm like how did that happened i'm I'm not like how did how am i saying the literal same words that i hated when my dad said to me i'm now saying to my sons so it is a it is a a, um usually normally those things are quite funny i i think the worst parts i've i've eliminated but there is a, a a battle to 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 improve on those parts that my dad struggled with yeah it's an it's a massive unlearning i think because it like we forget that even as a parent, you are still a child and you are still someone's child. And just like they didn't have it figured out, even though we thought they did, yeah, yeah. you now know that they did not and they had no idea what they were doing either. And I think it's so important that as parents, and, and I'm not one, so I can't really speak from, from this position, but looking at best friends and you know 35 everyone around me as kids i just think you guys <laughs> really need to be kinder to yourselves hey like you know like, <laughs> so, we do take it hard <laughs> dude so many parents like if, if if so i have a friend whose daughter is besotted with dad like dad is life and she's so jealous She's so jealous. She's like, why? What am I doing wrong? This was supposed to be my mini me. We were supposed to go have many pities together. This was supposed to be my best friend. And she hates me. I was like, she doesn't hate you. She's just, she, she loves you. She just really loves her dad. Like, and it's. I, it's so funny. I literally had the exact same conversation with Julie yesterday about, about Eli. Like, like Eli is a mommy's boy through and through like he from the moment he came out of duty he's like you are my person and there's no one else for me in my life like that's so i've i've worked really hard to 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 you know build a a relationship with eli through through that um and look when he was a baby you're a baby i can't blame you and and now it's it's we do we have a great relationship and um you know we we have our our special moments that are not not mommy's moments but yesterday it's weird how these things come back come up so quickly you know i when we do homework julie does homework with liam and i do homework with eli because um my style fits eli's learning process a bit a bit better and i've really worked hard to like make it fun and make like homework time with dad like really like a, okay. a fun time and enjoyable and yesterday we were like right it's homework time and you know i was like dad i'm done with you can i do homework with mom and i'm like dude i've worked so and, and literally i julie just saw my face and she's like it's not what you think it is <sighs> he's not saying that he's done with you like like the way adults say i'm done with you he's saying he's he's shown you he's already shown you what he can do and he kind of wants to show off to mom now it's it's but but in my heart i'm like why are you not picking me pick me i do all i've I've done everything i need for you to pick me and you're still picking your mom and it's such a and it was it was a complete like uh, it was for me it was an overreaction to what he was actually saying and to what he was feeling um but it's weird how quickly we go oh my word i'm I'm not good enough like what else must i do i just i'm not good enough for these kids it's uh yeah and and it can be hard because i don't want my kids to feel like i'm jealous of their relationship with their mom even though i i really am <laughs> so, no yeah. dude i see it and it's so like but also you know i think like i said you guys really need to be easier on yourselves because you're doing the hardest job in the world the, the le- 
legit hottest job in the world. You're making, like you say, kids ready for the world, but the world ready for kids and teaching them a million different things that change at the drop of a hat. And like, I don't know how you do it. I really don't know how any parent does it, moms or dads. I yeah. have my nephew over for a weekend and by Sunday nights, I need three urbanals and a glass of wine because I just, it's so stressful. Like you worry about what they're eating, what they're consuming with yeah. TV, video games, who they're around, like everything can hurt them, but also it should a little <laughs> bit so that they're strong, but then it yeah. shouldn't because they're your babies. I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know how you guys do it. I would be drunk. It's a, yeah, I mean, and this is why uh, with Aphrodite specifically, I try to be very non-judgmental. <laughs> you know, you know, when parents talk about like how much screen time their kids are having or the fact that their kids had chicken nuggets for like the fifth day in a row, my, my line is just like, whatever gets you through today, like I've just found, especially for this first period of, of, of parenthood, I, I've just found like, whatever I need to do to get my family through today successfully, that's what, and, and, and sometimes that means a few extra hours of screen time than you know we are supposed to have, but actually, we're all exhausted. Mom's away on a, on a work trip that she has to go to. She's not happy somewhere in you know in Joburg. I'm just about managing to keep the house clean and keep the boys happy. Okay, no, I think we need to have some screen time today. Um, and and I agree with you. I think that that giving yourself a little, giving yourself that moment of kindness of going like, you don't have to be perfect a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Um, and actually. Actually, you because you, you don't you don't want that pressure on your children as well. You no. know, like your, your kids are seeing everything you do, and it's like, wow, mom and dad are always on. They're always busy. They're always like fixing something that's wrong. You're gonna create like a high anxiety child in that because they're also gonna feel like, okay, well, I can't relax if mom and dad are always <gasps> everything is tight, everything is controlled. That's what they're gonna do. And, and look, if you. I know like I, I, there's one couple in my, that I'm thinking about right now who they are naturally like that. So it's not a, it's not difficult for them to keep a control of everything in their life. That's kind of the way they've designed their lives. Cool. That's fine. But if you're feeling like a failure because your kids have had a little bit too much screen time or haven't had something green in two days to eat, like you really have to then take a step back and go, how, how, how bad is this really? And can I let this go to teach my kids how to also let things go? So, so valid. Um, I think my dog is outside. Okay. Do you want to go run? Back in like two seconds. I'm so sure. Sorry. No worries. No, you go for it. Sorry. We're all back now. Hey. <sighs> Can't breathe. Anyway. Um, sorry about that. I have a. Was the dog outside? Yeah. 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 Flea um, opens windows. She is our newest adoptee. Um, and. <laughs> She opens, escape artist. Yeah, if, if you if she wants out, she's out. So to pick up where we left off, be kinder um, to yourselves, I think, as parents. But also, I want to talk about this rant. Um, you <laughs> no, because I think it's yeah. so valid. It's so valid, dude. Like there is this narrative, and I think also coming from a house that's middle class, private school, money my dad didn't stay. I look at friends who don't come from middle school, like middle-class private school money. Their dads didn't stay. There are so many dads that ditch, but there are also so many dads that don't. Mm. The narrative, however, around fatherhood is that you guys are kind of there, but like not really there. And it's kind of mostly mom. Yeah. Yeah. 
you see, so this is where I struggle because I, I don't want to come across as a men's rights activist because I'm not. I, like, I, I, there is a problem with fatherhood in South Africa. So like, I, I want to just like make that clear that I don't, uh, and, I, and I try to make that clear in the video as well. Like, yeah. yes, there are, there is a fatherhood problem in South Africa. I wouldn't have started Aphrodite and I wouldn't have continued with Aphrodite in the way I'm doing if there wasn't a problem. But let's have a clearer understanding of what the actual problem is. Um, and, and not just, it's not that men and fathers are inherently evil. Like that's not the problem. But we talk about men and, and fathers specifically in that sort of way. So. Okay, so tell me about this rant. Tell me what. Okay, so 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 News Twenty Four, <laughs> yeah, News Twenty Four. Um, they released a, a article looking at a Stats SA report about fathers in the country. The big headline was that the majority of black children don't live with their fathers. Um, so there's a whole bunch of problematic things that have come out of the. The, the way Status A reported, but more specifically what News SA decided to, News SA, News 24 decided to focus on. Um, for instance, they really want to focus on the fact that black, black children, in the, in, according to them, the majority of black children don't live with their biological fathers. So the first big problem I had with it was, was that they, they say that there's, the majority of kids in this country don't live within the standard model of a family. And my point was the moment you put the word standard, you make it a value thing. Yeah. What is that? What is a standard? And, and how can, if the majority of them, the majority of kids don't live in a, in what you would consider a standard model, why is that the standard? That, that can't be the standard. If the majority of us aren't living in those homes, yeah. you yourself, you know, you haven't, you haven't grown up in a standard, what they would call the standard model, which is biological mom, biological dad, biological kids. And Quite frankly, the majority of people I know, or, or at least of a lot of people I know, either grew up in a non-standard home or are currently in a non-standard home. Um, so, so that was my first thing. It's like, when you say that this is the standard, you're basically saying that the rest of us are non-standard. And that's a problem. You can't put a value on that. Abnormal, different. Yeah, not, we're abnormal. We're, not right. Yeah. Not right. Yeah. And how can the majority of us be abnormal? It, surely, surely the ones that the few people that live in that kind of model of family life, you're the strange ones. <laughs> you know? So let's let's be real about that. And then they then they really focused in on this idea that that black men in particular don't live with their biological children, and they don't give any context to that. You know, they don't talk about the fact that black men in this country, for work, have to travel. They have to be transient workers who have to work and live far away from their families. To support those families, um, they, they also don't point out that ninety percent. And this is the rest of the stats that they chose not to to talk about. Ninety percent of employed fathers live with their children. So, oh, wow. so all of a sudden you go, oh, wait a second. When you throw economics into this mix, that changes the perspective. Um, when you look at Obviously, um, not obviously, but the the higher income fathers are more likely to be living with their families, be living with their children. And that is the same across races. So they really wanted to dig into this fact that black men in particular are bad fathers. Like that was the narrative. That was the subtext of the article. And when you really break it out, you're like, uh, no, no, black men are not more likely to not live with their families 
because they're black men. There's a economic, um, a, a, an economic force that is pushed upon them that puts them into these bad, that gives them bad choices and, and bad decisions and bad options. So I just, the, the rant of the video is just like, it, you can't just throw a number out and not give any context and also not talk about all the contradictory numbers that the reports, that the same report is talking about, you know, uh, especially in a world and in a country where black fathers are, are vilified, where, where there's this um, narrative that black men are inherently bad fathers. It's very racist yeah. and, and, um, long held belief that's actually held world over and ironically world over when you look at the stats black men are in some cases more likely to be better fathers than other races so it's um it, it made me angry because i see that kind of narrative all over and people refuse to want to engage with it you know um i if, if you're going to be a, a, an, a newspaper or an organization or um, a, fam, uh, a, a parent advocate, you need to deal with the real problem. Yeah. You can't just make things up and make things out worse than what they are because people, what people want to do is that they want to vilify men. Now, should men be vilified? Yes. <laughs> like there's a lot, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that, that men should be, should be, um, should be called to task for. But if you, and especially if you're a victim of it, right? So like, again, what I said in the video is that if you as a person, like, like let's say, Dan, you didn't have a good, um, good feelings towards your biological father and you wanted to, in your personal capacity, talk about how terrible fathers are, I'm not going to stop Fine. you. I shouldn't yeah. be allowed to stop you. You do your thing. Yeah. But if you're an organization, if you want to try and fix the problem, yeah. which I don't think is everyone's responsibility, right? Like, I don't think it's your like individual Danny's responsibility to want to fix fatherhood. But if you do, like I do, then you need to be dealing with the real issues. Mm. And the real issues is that men don't feel empowered. Men are not trained. There are, there are economic issues. There are all these other forces that are on men that either encourage them to be bad fathers or discourage them from being good fathers. And like... Oh man, I can talk about this for ages and I get, I get so angry. And, and literally a friend of mine who's a researcher in the space messaged me afterwards and said, like, your, your, your rant was on point, which I was very grateful for. And then he was like, and there's all of these other numbers, like that 90% of employed fathers are, are there with their kids. And then there's the whole, <laughs> okay, I'm going to offer this. I'll stop. I promise. No, go, go, um, go. This is your space. Um, and, and there's this idea that um, firstly, you have to be a biological father to be a valuable father, you know? So again, your story, you have a great stepdad. Now, does that mean that you didn't who, have a- Who is black, by the way? Who, okay. So like just your story right there kind of blows <laughs> us all out of the water, right? And, and now you're, you're, you're basically, this report and this, this not during the report, the newspaper article, article is implying that actually he doesn't count yeah. Like he literally does not count in what they would consider a father. Um, for my kids, one of my children has a standard family. One of my children does not have a standard family in the same household. How does no. that make sense? No. So, you know, um, partners and, and stepdads and grandfathers and uncles, all of these people, all of these men who are actively providing support for children are completely discounted in that. And again, it, it, it paints the narrative that black men are are like just terrible and don't care about children at all, which it's just racism it, again. It's, 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 yeah, exactly. And it's easy. Yeah. It's, it's an easy 
it's an easy slash yeah. when you don't have to then go and dig deeper into the article. So, so that's the other thing as well. It's, it's like, wait a second, there are maybe not as many men as I would like who are actively supporting the, the children in their community and in their home, but there are men who are doing it. And it is so disheartening to be one of those men and to be part of a community of men who are doing it and to have, we're not doing it for the acknowledgement, but, but to say that we don't exist mm. is, 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 is very painful as well. So um, yeah, like we, 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 we need to start thinking differently about what fatherhood actually is, what it looks like, who, what is a father, you know, does it have to be someone who you share DNA with? Well, no, I can, I can tell you for a hundred percent certain. And you can also say that, no, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't even have to have a legal piece of paper that says this guy's my dad, but you know, there, there are these other ways that, that we should start counting and start thinking about fatherhood differently. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm very passionate about, that, about fatherhood. And, and I always feel like I, I have these two things to do. On the one hand, I want to be encouraging fathers to be better fathers. I want to be showing them how to do it, not showing them, not that I'm the expert, but like yeah. having, having these conversations that encourage dads to be better dads and to show them how, how worthwhile it is to take this responsibility seriously. That's the one thing that I always want to do. And the other side, I want to be advocating for fathers to like non-dads. Like, hey, guys, we're here and we're trying and we're not getting it right. And there's a lot of us that are complete scumbags. And I'm not going to deny that like there's a big, big contingent of men who are complete and utter assholes. But we want to be, we like, help us be positive. Help us move forward. Mm. Don't, don't talk not like, especially if it's a complete nonsense report, like, like what News 24 did. So yeah, I I got the video that came out was 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 a lot calmer than what I was like two days earlier. <laughs> I think no, dude, like it is so, so necessary though. It is necessary. We do need to change this narrative and we do need to be more supportive of the 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 male guardians and parents and parental figures in our lives. Because like you say, we give a lot of support to moms, emotional support, mental support, physical support, like whatever it is, moms get it. You guys don't get that. But like also I think at a very base level, you're also never taught basics of mm. parenting because it's just assumed the mom or the woman or whomever is going to take that from you. So I think my, my biggest question is how do we as a public support this narrative going forward? What do you dads need from us in order to, 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 to support? Is, is celebrate the wins more than more than bringing up the the losses um so so for instance something like this even if it was true all you're doing then is is saying to men oh wait it's normal for you not to be involved it's normal for you not to be around for your kids it's normal for you not to be present and engaged what we should be doing is looking at the dads who who are all those things and going Oh no, that's the model. That's, that's where, that's the goal. That's what, that's what a father actually looks like. That's what a South African father actually looks like. And if you want to call yourself a South African dad, that's the, that's the model that you should be, be working towards. That's the norm. Basically is what I'm saying. It's like, we need to raise that bar a by expecting more, but B when, when there are men who are reaching that bar and, and it's, it's hard because I, because there is this idea that we, you know, you don't, you shouldn't, 
you know, you shouldn't um, celebrate a fish for swimming. You know, you shouldn't applaud a fish for swimming. So, so when a man, when a father, that's such a shit analogy, though. It's, it's we so it is. Totally applaud fish for swimming. Yes, guys. Especially uh, my, my response to that is, if a fish has never swum before and is trying really hard to learn how to swim, yeah, you should applaud that fish. Like it, it's you know, and if it's coming from a community that has never if it's never seen a fish swim and all of a sudden it's like wait a second this swimming thing is the right thing for me to be doing and it's trying then there there is a there is a there is a time when we should be celebrating that and supporting that so i think that's that's the first thing like it's it's okay to celebrate good dads let's let's do that more the second thing and this is a lot more practical when father's day arrives right there are 364 days in the year where you can celebrate moms and especially single moms and this is a controversial thing i'm going to say because single moms are great they do a lot of hard work and they should get even more support than what they can getting. I, I i kind of half disagree with you i don't think moms have enough support i my wife works in a mother support space and moms in this country need you know this and, and again like from the beginning i don't think it's a it's a us versus them it's not a father's versus mother's thing uh, i think we all need a lot more support yeah. even and even if you're not a parent like this we all need a lot more support in this country in this in this world so so um it's not that moms have the, the an abundance of support and dads don't but there is a lot more celebration of moms generally so when father's day arrives Try not to focus on the narrative of, of single moms or dads too, because they are. I, I, I'm not saying they're not. Like that's not an incorrect thing to say, but just for that one day, again, go, okay, let's just do our best to focus on the men who are being good fathers. Let's not highlight the fact that there are bad fathers out there. Because, I mean, can you imagine if we did that on Mother's Day? Um, if on Mother's Day we go, okay, great. But remember, there are lots of moms who have abandoned their children. There are lots of moms who are alienating their their, their partners from their children. There, there are lots of, like, let's look at, let's talk about all the bad moms out there. You would never do that on Mother's Day. That's not what Mother's Day is for. Um, and we shouldn't be doing that on Father's Day either. If there is only going to be one day where we celebrate dads, let's celebrate. please can we just, let's celebrate dads. Let's just celebrate dads. Again, not to say that all of those other things aren't valid conversations to have and valid valid points, but 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 can we just keep it off on that one day? And again, it's all about can we encourage the good dads more? Mm. Dude, okay, no, I've so I'm guilty of doing exactly that on Father's Day. And A lot I'm of us sorry. are. Me too. <laughs> no, look, I I'm I'm gonna say right now I'm guilty and I take full responsibility for my actions. And you know what? They were shitty, actually, because on my Facebook or my Instagram or my Twitter, where I'm posting these these comments and these things, there are great dads. You're on my Instagram, you know. I have a great life coach dad that is a dad to twin boys, who's an amazing <laughs> father. And instead of maybe not celebrating whatever I don't want to celebrate, perhaps we should be celebrating the men within our communities or our circles that are great. It doesn't have to be your yeah. dad. It could be anyone's yeah. dad. No, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and even if you like, and, and I, and I, I have to learn this lesson too. There are times when actually 
if if you if you are if you have been hurt by your own story with, with fatherhood, like whatever your 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 dad and your relationship is, and you don't feel like you are capable of of celebrating fathers in general because of the hurt that you have, that's a justified that. position. Then rather say just just for that one day, don't say anything. Okay. Just for that one day, and exactly exactly for what you're saying, because it is very disheartening to be a dad who who like, you know, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I try freaking hard to be a good dad. And I know a lot of men who are um, in a space where they aren't, the, 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 there's still not a lot of us. And to see that on, on Father's Day is, it, it is disheartening. Um, but, but, you know, we, we live and we learn. And, and again, if the day after Father's Day, you want to bring up the fact that there are still far too many single moms in this country, go for it like do it and i'll be the first person to like to you know to like that um but there's that i think there is that kind of um that uh that that sugar and spice kind of Mm. approach that there are times when you need to look at the positive angle and go oh wait there are uh, years you're a man that you can model yourself off of that are doing it right I'm sorry for hearing that they're finally collecting my garbage. No, that's fine. My dog is walking around the wooden floor like he's never walked before in his life. So he's what like, what, what is that? What is that thing you're talking to? Is that a is that a bear or a human? I don't understand. What are you doing? S- sounds like a human. They're what is that? <laughs> okay, so you you have the blog Afro Daddy, you have mm-hmm. the Instagram, you have the Facebook page, but you also have a Discord server, and this for me is very important. Um, mm. And I want a lot of dads, if you're listening or if you're a mom that is married to a great man that is a great parent to your kids as well, this is where they must go. So Discord, where do we go? So if you go to my Instagram account, if you tap in the bio there, there is a link to the Discord channel. If you don't know Discord, it's just like a it's like it's like a fancy ticky whatsapp it's just a it's a it's a community space um i've been wanting to form a community of dads for years and i've never felt like it was uh, that i would get enough support i finally this year kind of was like no i think i think i can get 50 dads i can get 50 dads together who can on occasion just engage with each other specifically around fatherhood so the the point of the space is that we're talking about our experiences as fathers um, there are other kind of channels for you to talk about sports and other stuff, but the real focus is, is fatherhood. Um, and I am now on 65, 65 oh, wow. dads. So, so in, in two months we've, we've grown to, to 65. I, uh, I think it's great. There are guys on there who are regularly, you know, every day engaging with each other, engaging with me. I, and I must say, I feel very supported. Like it's quite selfish because it's like, I need a community of, of fathers around me. So, so I went and, and made one. Um, and and really, it's modeled off the the idea that this is one of the reasons why women have so much support, why moms have so much support, it's because they go and they make spaces of support for themselves. Facebook, you know, they Facebook. form they Dude. form Facebook groups, they form yeah. their little WhatsApp groups, they form wherever they can form a community to support each other. They do it. Um, and yes, on the one hand, we can say that men need support, but on the other hand, men also should be supporting each other. Um, so this is a space where we can be honest about fatherhood. We can, you know, maybe talk in a way that we wouldn't be comfortable talking about on a general Facebook parenting group. Um, and we can, and, and hopefully form some relationships where we can, where we can kind of build a bit of trust and that takes time. We, we're not, we're not there yet, but we're, we're working towards it, but it's been great. Like the, the kind of, you know, we've within the, de- within two days, we've started talking about therapy and mental health and stuff that I very rarely talk to men about. I think because it's a little bit, we're not sitting down face to face. It's a little bit easier to say, Hey, I'm, I'm really struggling, you know, with 
with my, you know, postpartum with my paternal postpartum depression. Oh, I'm, I'm really struggling to, you know, these, I'm, I'm exhausted and I, and I, I don't know how much more I have to give or whatever. And then you have all these men saying therapy is important. Mental health is important. You need to care for yourself, you know, but care for yourself responsibly and make sure you're not doing it in a way that hits other people. And like, yes, this is a wholesome place. And it can show that, you you know, men can gather without, without being sexist or misogynistic or like, I, I, I feel like it's a place where if a woman happened to come into that, into that discord, she wouldn't be uncomfortable. It would be weird because there's all these men that are talking, but it, it wouldn't be a place of, she wouldn't feel that she's going to get abused or, or, or hurt or, or made or demeaned or made to feel lower than because this is a, a place where men are talking wholesomely and, and honestly with each other. So, yeah, so I, I, I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of the guys who've joined. They've really, they've really taken it, you know, by the horn and, and done some good stuff there. This is so important. So please go join this, this, this discord, this discord. Um, you know, like just to end off, I think we often talk about mental health and, and well-being. Um, but I think we leave men out of that and it's, yeah. it's bullshit. It really is. Yeah, because it really is. We and all men the leave same. themselves out of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, men, men really do leave themselves out of it. And, and I mean, I had my, I've had my own mental health journey. I, I've been, a li- I've been, I've been vocal about it. I'm, I'm sometimes a little bit too open, but I, <laughs> I really, the, the reason why is because again, it's not something that's really been spoken to. You know, we've had lots of mental health issues and journeys in my own family that I only discovered in like my thirties. I'm like, Oh, well, it would have been great if you had told me that when I was growing up, you know, <laughs> give me some warning. Um, and, and the moment I started talking about it, all of a sudden this, you, you hear this other man go, Oh, I've also, Oh, like, are you telling me I'm not supposed to feel like complete crap all the time? Like, no, you're not supposed to well, like, what do you mean that I shouldn't have a voice inside my head telling me that I'm, I'm useless and everything I do is not worthwhile. Well, no, you're not like, you're not supposed to feel like that. And the only way you can find out that you're not supposed to feel like that because it's so normal for you is by talking about it. Um, and, and men have actively avoided being vulnerable in, in, you know, in so many ways. And I, I am seeing a shift, which is useful. I'm seeing a shift of more men going, I, you know, I go see, if I hurt my leg, I go to a physio. If I'm feeling depressed, if I'm feeling overly anxious and if, or I feel like I can't cope, I go to a therapist, I get help. I'm like, yes, it's the same thing. Your physical health, you go to a doctor for. Your mental health, you get support in, in other ways for. It might not be therapy necessarily, but but they're, they're realizing that there's no difference there. It doesn't make them weak or soft if they're feeling down, for instance. So, yeah. No, you are not lesser. In fact, you are far stronger because you've spoken out. And I love exactly. the fact that you overshare. I'm here for oversharing. It makes <laughs> it makes it normal. No, it makes it normal. It makes speaking about being a dad. It makes speaking about, mm. you know, being happy that your kids have gone to school and you might have a glass of wine at 12 o'clock. Normal. <laughs> and I think so many people feel the same, but they're too afraid to say anything because like you say, we're all very much alone and all very much separate, right? Yeah. When in fact yeah. we're super connected and we all have the same feelings. Yeah. I mean, I, I have one more story. Right, and again, overshare, but uh, one more story just to make it quick. I, the, the biggest, the, the widest spread piece of content I made for Aphrodite was when Eli was two years old. And for the first time, he, instead of going and cuddling with his mom, he came and cuddled with me. And I'd realized that in two years, he had never done that. And I'd realized how jealous I'd been feeling and how like, just that, again, like I said, I was jealous of their relationship. 
And so I wrote about that. And I literally wrote it in like a little 15 minute piece of this is why I like, you know, assuming that all dads or all like all parents have felt like this at some point. And that went spread like wildfire because no one had ever actually said it out loud. And the moment someone said it out loud, everyone started to go, yes, okay, I finally get it. Like that, that, my, that experience that I haven't been able to put words to, someone has. So I do think it's important, like you're saying, for, for us to, to sometimes overshare or, or to, to at least be open to telling other people about our experiences because you never know when you're going to be opening a door for someone else. And, and allowing them the space to kind of start their own journey as well. So, so if you are someone who, who feels open to sharing about their mental health and about their own you know, parenting journey, please do so because we need, especially dads, we need them to be doing that. Thank you for being an amazing dad, Afro Daddy. I'm celebrating oh. you this Father's Day this year. That's oh, thank decided. you. Oh. Thank you. I, that would be great. I mean, I have I have more than a, find another dad. I, I have enough people <laughs> celebrating. Find, find another dad who's doing a good job and um, and, and celebrate him. But I really do appreciate the space and I and I and um, I really do appreciate you having me on. No, dude, please, and you're welcome to come back anytime. Right. So tell us one more time. Where do we find you? Where do we follow you? Uh, best place to do it, as uh, simple as possible, go to afrodaddyonline.com. That's the website. You'll see all the content there, all the contact details. Um, or if you just want to get in touch with me, afrodaddyct at gmail.com. Bomb. That's it. Thank you. Remember, you can catch the full video on xotv.me and you can meet us in kind of real life. Thanks to DJ Chuck for the music. You can catch him at www.chucksprosound.co.za. New episodes on Jackpot and XOTV every Monday. Love you.